listening to On the Road with Mike and Yogi, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go. Time to get stuck into it, I suppose. My first show without my old mate Andy looking over my shoulder. I've thankfully got the template that he created for the show, so hopefully things will sound at least half of the show will sound reasonable. This week, uh, Yogi and I uh, have a bit of a chat about what we're going to do. Do the news. Yogi went to the instructor truck launch, so we're going to talk a bit about that. And he caught up with a couple of guys over there, a bit of a taking it to the streets Yogi style. So I suppose this is it. Let's go. Let's get this show on the road. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the On the Road program. <laughs> <laughs> April 1979 and a cast of thousands of disillusioned truckies were making history, setting up a series of blockades the likes of which had never been seen before and most likely will never be seen again. Led by Ted Greenog Stevens and a small band of dedicated individuals, this massive wave of protest against unreasonable working conditions, unfair pay rates and unjust laws spread like wildfire from its home base atop Razorback Mountain. Razorback, The Real Story is the book written by Ted Stevens that chronicles the dramatic days of the blockade, the battles with politicians and the media, and that time in history when truckies around the country united in a powerful force and said, enough. Razorback, The Real Story has now been made into a beautifully produced audiobook, available for purchase at ontheroadradio.com.au Whatever you do, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to discover all the facts and details of the Australian trucking legend that is simply known as Razorback. Well, here we are on the road podcast with Yogi and Mike, and or Mike and Yogi, whatever it was, Mike and Andy. Andy has... Uh, Retired to go and ride his motorbike and do a few things and sort out the audio book. Right. Massive shoes to fill. Massive shoes to fill. Yeah. Thank you, Andy, for everything you've done and everything that you will do going forward. Absolute uh, legend. I know he's going to put a few Ks on that motorbike of his. Right, eh? Good, good job. Everyone watch out. I think that, that that needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are going to catch up with him at the truck show, though. He's going to come and visit us at the truck show. Oh yeah, nice. He'll be he'll be just floating around in the background. You can take the mic from someone, but you can't take the mic out of him or something. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a terminology there, and you will never be that far away. But no. he's done a really good job for, for on the road podcast up until this point. And uh, yeah, we we wish him well, and uh, don't get sunburned on your motorbike. So, well, yeah. I'll tell you, there's there's going to be a couple of very minor changes because. Obviously, part of Andy taking a step sideways is he's not going to be editing this show anymore. I'm going to be doing yeah. that now. So 
don't expect just yet the same level of purity, finesse and artistic skill that our mate Andy put into the show. Correct. So you're uh, chief edit- editor in chief, and uh, yeah. and I'm your trusty sidekick from now on going forward. Eh? So. It's, it's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> it's an absolutely. I know. It's an absolutely scary. Know. But we're going to have some great conversations. We're going to get stuck into some stuff about trucks. And we've had a driving. lot of great conversations over the years. We have, uh, and uh, we've got to do a few things too. You know, push a few of the uh, the trucking things. You're you're right across all the trucking stuff and, and uh, we'll be looking at what's going on in Western Australia and you're going yeah, to be responsible. I'll try to be. So do you reckon you can finally manage to get us an interview with Steve Graham? <laughs> righto, righto. For the record. For the record. For the record. Let's set this record straight. Okay, I'm waiting. You have been asking me for Steve Graham for about a couple of years now and I... Yeah, but I'll do that. I'll do that, mate. Yeah, yeah, no dramas, no dramas, no dramas, no dramas. Yeah. So it has been a drama, but Stevie's okay. (laughs) Yes, it's my end. I've let I I dropped the ball on the first official title. You know. So yeah, I was only speaking to uh, uh, Mr. Steve Graham about three days ago, uh, and he was he was telling me he's got some very interesting things coming up, and I think one of those things will be. Maybe a trip somewhere, but we will talk to him. Yep. You will get a chance. I will get a chance, and together we will interview the the absolute legend of the North, Mr. Steve Graham. Well, I'll just sit back in awe of the man because he has done some things up there I'd have really loved to have had a crack at. I oh, know, and, and he just does it like, you know, the other day he cooked chops on the barbecue and then we dragged three out of the mud. Like, he just... That is how he speaks. Like it, it just, you know, like and I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even make that up no. because that is exactly how the man talks. You know, like it. So, so you know, at the start of last year, I was away for three months, but now I'm home now. Do you want to come around for a barbecue? Yep. Hang on a minute. Here. <laughs> like one, do I bring chops? Or two, why were you away for three months? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he just he's, he's sensational. He's a he's a true genuine. Um, article for, for Outback Trucking and Outback Truckers. Uh, but, you know, look, and Steve is uh, is good for the West Australian industry, but but I'll tell you, I've got a couple of little aces up my sleeve there, my old mate. Have you? There's a couple of more blokes around like Steve Graham. Yeah, well, you, you've got to get old mate Sav too, because I've been trying to get him on the buddy radio show. <laughs> oh, Scott Savory, Sav he, Trans, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a bit elusive uh, as well. He is elusive. He's uh, he's the what do I call him? The cat lover of the transport industry. He loves the, <laughs> he loves the transport industry. Love him, but he's not so much in love with the transport industry. You know, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. he's a very very complex thinker. Very very good person to talk to, and very very smart at where he's done and where he's come from. Like you got to understand where this man's come from, and and I talk him up here, and I've been mates with him for probably eighteen years, seventeen years, and um. Yeah, there's a few. I mean, we, we, we are in WA. It is called wait a while. I understand that. So yep. we'll, we'll run with this technology that will wait a while and we'll get some of these people on. I was having a chat with Cam Dumsney last night. And, uh, oh, and I know. Were you just? Yeah, I was. <laughs> he, I rang him up because I wanted, I wanted a phone number that I knew he had. I rang him up right. and I said, I said Cam, good day, mate. How are you? And he said, I don't want to talk to you if you want to talk to me about uranium pills. <laughs> or bridges over the Fitzroy River. If you want to talk about yeah, something I else, know. I know, I know. I'll I talk know. to you, but I'm not talking to you about that stuff. I, okay, I didn't even know anything about a radioactive pill that was missing. 
anyway. Yeah, apparently. So it's probably it's probably got to fallen off the back of a ute because if they if it was a truck and any kind of size on a truck, i.e. a four and a half ton rigid, we'd get labelled for you know spreading stuff all over the Great Northern Highway. So it must have come off the back of the ute. I don't apparently know. it's less than the size of a ten cent piece. Oh right, eh? Okay, it's only little, okay. like it's a little thing. Okay. You've yeah, got to ask yourself questions about how we can transport something like that so dangerous about that you can actually lose it. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I, that, that is a really big question. I can't, I can't take a tanker load of, of nitric acid out the bush without all the proper placards and all the proper PPE and all the proper everything. Well, you can't throw it in, you know, 20 IBCs, can you? No. But, like but, you've but, actually got to put it somewhere that's secure, safe, recordable, lockable. And if this thing's so dangerous, it's hardly going to end up in the glove box, is it? Well, this is true. It's not just, you know, on, on a load site that you pick it up off of some kind of... So what happened site. to the container that the thing was in? I don't know. It's a, There's some big questions that will be asked here in the West in the coming future, and uh, hopefully we... Uh, yeah, we're all over it. We're, we're not being told the whole story. Yogi, your mission, should you choose to accept it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to come out of the South Bud. <laughs> as, you, as you well know, I've been working on my uh, thong tan, and for the listeners, that is on the feet. That's right. The sun tan on the feet. <laughs> thong tan on the feet. <laughs> the thong feet. Tan. <laughs> the thong tan. No, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah, your thong tan. Your thong tan looks a million bucks, and I... I went out to put boots on the other day to go to the, the Insta Truck Gala launch. I, I felt I felt a bit sort of gutted that no one could see how good my thong tan on my feet was. But anyway, crack crack deal later and two weeks down the coast is <laughs> like it's been good. Well, you you had a chat to a few people at the uh, at the Insta Truck launch, and we'll do a bit about that in the news later on. Uh, I've got some audio there that you that you sent me, and we need to talk about your technical skills, buddy, because. You're going. You're you're going to Sound Transfer University, like I right. had to when I started with Andy. Mate, I tell you what, I'm going to beat you into shape very, very, very quickly because I won't put up with it. Beat, right? you, beat you into submission. I won't this put up with perfect it. Perfect way to start a relationship. I will not put up with it. Right? Yeah. Going. Well, well to, to be honest, I'm actually waiting for my iPod. That, that's right, listeners. iPod. That's right. And my old iPhone to come back from. From our technical whiz on the other part of what we do on the road radio, I'm waiting for that to come back because I sent it over and I sent it back. And he's got to he's got to send you back the lead, apparently. <laughs> I, got to, I even sent him the call because I didn't think he'd have one oh, for the iPod. Dear, 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 dear. it's scary. <laughs> and, and when I say sent it, I sent it via mail, like I sent it express post. <laughs> What we could have done was we could have given you a sort of a phone tutorial about how to transfer all that stuff into a file and send it using a program called, oh, I don't know, just like an example, Dropbox. I don't know. Oh, Dropbox. 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 Yeah, right. So is that somewhere near drop bears? No, no. Same sort of thing? No. It's not a hot box. It's a drop box. Hot box? No. Hot box? Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm feeling what you're stepping in. Yeah. I get it. We're going to send you to, uh, we're going to actually improve your skills. On a technical level, I mean oh. mine. Mine are pretty ordinary compared to Andy. I am a mere novice, right? Right. But so you, that but, makes me not even on the scale compared to you. But yeah, my friend, have <laughs> <laughs> scared the livid crap out of me. 
I know. What, the 48 emails I sent you the other night with, with one-minute sound bites? That's the one. I thought that was a good idea. That was like, great. <laughs> what time would it be? Midnight for you, and I'm flicking them off like yeah. they're going out of fashion. Have a listen to this one. Listen to this. Have a listen. Yeah, God, I love this one. And my email was going off like a bloody poker machine hitting the jackpot. It was just incredible. Thanks. Well, uh, Thanks well, for that, mate. Thank you. So, well, there was some jackpot in there. I think I did. I did doorstop a couple of people there. No, no, uh, and, and I'll and I'll try and make it make sense. But but I tell you what, there was some stuff there. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think you were doing it late <laughs> in the night. Some of it. <laughs> well, fair to say, Transafe WA mm. they were supplying some kind of beverages. Right. Well, right, eh? and uh, you know. A, 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 Gentleman never tells. That's right. But anyway, that's right. We did have a couple of bevies. Unlike you supplying free beverages out of the uh, New Zealand Trucking Association's fridge to all and sundry at the uh, TMC truck show in Christchurch when we were over there. Yeah. When you got so how did the that, bar. How did that go? When I looked, oh, that's Yogi. He's handing out stubbies. And hang on a minute. There's 40 people in the line. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. I just come back here to this- get one. Yeah, this isn't. Like, this, I'm not. This isn't a special guest appearance from Yogi from Outback Truckers at the behind of the bar here. Like I literally just went and got a beer from me and you and Rose. What? Because uh, <laughs> uh, we were getting the stuff before, and then all of a sudden, bar was open, and then the boss over there, Davey, good bloke, he came over and sort of pointed everyone to the direction of the on. right bub and and kicked me out. See you over there, and Yogi, for God's sake, get out from behind the bar. Thank you. Awesome stuff. <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's right. I was impressed, mate. I was impressed with your skills. You were whopping the no, top I, of them. And... I mean, I had the skills to pay the bills. Mm. And I'm probably going to get that bill. Yeah, you probably will too. <laughs> From New Zealand Trucking. Was, was all... We love the New Zealand Trucking. So I've had a good relationship with them for years. Yeah. And they do a lot with us and we do a lot with them as, as Kendall Trucking. And uh, we enjoy the relationship and uh, it's, it's good. It was a great show too, that one. So. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Mate. I had a lot of fun. Highlight interview with you and Greg Murphy. Mate, I'll tell you what. Highlight. That was great, wasn't it? Oh, Murph. What, and what an opportunity it, what an opportunity it was and, and how did we come across it? We were just there, and yeah. Greg Murphy's talking, and that other bloke. I've got to get that other bloke. That ah, uh, the the brain sorter specialist. We we've got to get him. I've got. I'll track him down. I, I can't remember his name. I've got yet. Then you bailed on the interview on the well the interview. You bailed on the conversation halfway through because you had to go and back a truck or something. Yeah, I did. I was in the truck driving competition. Yes, they wouldn't even let me enter. Are you are you are you saying that they wouldn't let you enter or what? <laughs> Where you going with this, me old mate? Well, they were probably worried I'd win. <laughs> So is that why they let me enter? That's right. Because I, I, I've, I've never backed a tipper and dog, let alone try. And they're going, you've got to back it around that corner. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean, like around that corner? And they're going, back it around that corner. I'm back like, around the you corner. can't do it. Yeah, you and can. they're going, well, yeah, you, you're, you're about the 20 person that's going to do it. And they've all done it. And I'm looking at them going, oh, I can do it. The funny thing was when I when I sat down there with a the big goose herder and we actually done the the theory side of it all with Robbie. Yeah. I reckon I got more right than Robbie. And yeah. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> like and I was sort and I didn't know axle weights and steer weights and, surprise and axle lengths and all that. But I got I got a lot of them right. I think I only dropped four or five or six or something wrong on that. I was I was impressed with my efforts. For Anyone that, so, can yeah. guess. No, the reason why I didn't get to do it, mate, was because I didn't get to do the theory thing in time, otherwise I would have done it. Ah, yeah, right. Okay. okay. I didn't find out. I didn't find out that it was a possibility for me to go and make a fool of myself in front of all those Kiwis until it was too late to actually do it. I did. 
<laughs> we had a good crowd there too, eh? Oh man! Uh, the fact that I what and they're going, oh yeah, I, I think it was a Nizuzu. It yeah. might have been a Volvo. Yeah, might have been a Nizuzu. Volvo and yellow. And have you ever driven one of these? No. No. Okay. <laughs> have you ever backed a different dog? No. I'd have been all right in a day because it didn't have a clutch. I'd have been good. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Where's the gear stick and where's this and how That's to get right. the brake off? And yeah. they're looking at me like, are you actually a truck driver? That's right. Yes, yes, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought me, I brought me license out of the Wheaties packet here. I'm, I'm certified. Yep. Certified. Well, certified or certifiable, one or the other. <laughs> Whatever it is was justifiable. We did it. So, yeah. That no, was a good time. Great show. We've got to sort of head off anyway, mate. Uh, we've right got on, so much more going on in this show, and I'm sure that uh, everyone else will be very happy to listen to us. Welcome to the uh, to the club, mate. Welcome to the On the Road podcast team, and uh, very proud and pleased to say that Craig and yourself have joined me with the On the Road Radio project. And uh, mate, big things are coming. We've got a lot to do. And uh, mate, can I, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you. This is this is awesome for me. I've been, and we've had this discussion in the past, haven't we? But I do listen to podcasts. I yeah, might no. not get them all listened to. I do, but I but I am a little bit busy. Anyone that calls me on the two way and doesn't get a response is probably because I'm on the phone. Mate, thank you very much for the opportunity, and I really hope the listeners can get something from me and and give me feedback and uh, and we go forward. And you know, and and look, I want the. I want the open discussions, I want the frank discussions, I want the good discussions, and I want the bad discussions. I want them all. I'm an open book with transport, and and with my life in the media and the transport media, it's always been an open book. So we're accessible on any levels. We will be accessible on the road radio and definitely through the On The Road podcast. And On The Road podcast is going to remain trucking-focused. That's the deal. You beauty. Love your work, mate. Uh, looking Bye, forward bud. to it. Looking forward to the Jake Break Fridays and all that sort of stuff. And that yeah, microphone it's been is. a nice little segment that we've gained a bit of momentum with. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep that rolling, bud. Righto, mate. We'll be into the news in a minute. Righto. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Here on the road, it's time for the news. And racing Yogi, mate. News time. This is your first go at doing the news. Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Am I, do I do we come serious, Yogi Bear, or how do we play this out? You know, like, this is big shoes to fill me. Oh, mate, big shoes to fill, like humongous. Uh, yeah, no? You're supposed okay. to start out with a dad joke. Have you got a dad joke? Oh, two men walk into a bar. You reckon one of them would have seen it? <laughs> Andy did that joke last week, mate. What? Right, that's it. 
That's Andy, it. Well, I tried to pinch it off Andy. So, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to do better. Andy always used to come with the dad joke. He was well known for oh. the dad jokes. Oh, dear. Dear, dear. At the end, you're supposed to have a thought for the day. Have you prepared a thought for the day? Uh, be good to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> My thought for the day is I've just gone home and I'm actually going to enjoy sleeping inside tonight because oh, yeah. it only got down to 25 last night in the truck where I was. And uh, okay. fair to say, she's been... She's been hot in the West Indies. Maybe you need a cooler bar, mate. A cooler bar? Mm. Yeah, maybe I do need a cooler bar. <laughs> it's the news brought to you by a cooler bar. <laughs> will we give Dave a free ad, will we? Yeah, we might as well. He's a good lad. Dave does cooler bar bunk cooler. The uh, LiPo battery-powered bunk coolers. They're bloody good things, too, because they're reversible, because it's not always... Not always cold here in Australia. Sometimes it's warm. Yeah, correct, correct. As you well know, some days you can be hot down the south, and some days you can be cold. Yeah, and it's nice to have a bit of a warmer. If you get the right one, you can even jump start your truck. Although that's not an issue with the Cummins powered nine hundred, is it, mate? <laughs> no, she, she, she just wakes up and smells excellence and jump starts itself. It wants to go. When I get up in the morning, it's ready. I'm jobs on. It hunts away every day. Awesome. You'll be. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. Let's right get serious, come on. mate. Let's do yeah, the news. Come on. Put me news reading that on. You uh, covered up your thong tan with the socks there the other day and you went to the Insta Truck launch uh, down in Perth. Mate, what happened there? Tell us all about that. <laughs> You've been listening, my old mate. Yes, I have. What a launch. So we 24 hours earlier down the coast, throwing bait into the ocean. 24 hours later, I'm wearing a suit. And we're all doled up to the nines for the Insta Truck launch by TransSafe WA at Burswood on Swan, on the Swan River. Yep. Purple truck out the front. There was requirement for another purple truck. The other purple truck was there, sludge. But my purple truck was in the shed because I was down the coast and I couldn't get it up there in time. Right. But what a night. The industry, who's who for Western Australia were there. Della turnout, lovely people. Everyone had a good shirt on. We all had the suit on. The aircon wasn't working. We all got absolutely fried. <laughs> what a time. But the truck, the truck, the Insta truck looked a million bucks. Sino truck sitting out the front, beautifully purple coated, coated to the trailer. Full decked out, fold out trailer, 10 or so seats with VR headsets. You've got 10 probably iPads in the corner that you can do different quizzes on. All like folds out, really spacious, really well set up. Just got to start driving at home. Just got to start pushing it. It'll go to events. It'll go to places. We've got to get behind it as an industry. Uh, is it the same colour? To, will it look all right behind PJ? Is it the right colour? Oh, do you know, I've seen it today parked up. Ooh, I reckon, no, nah, I reckon PJ's a nicer purple. Just yeah. putting it out there, you Just know, like she's there. beautiful. Just got a little bit more spec through it. And, and that purple uh, will always remain that purple because I'm sworn to secrecy on that purple. Indeed. So you were there with the Kim Kardashian of the tracking industry, Mr. Cam. Amanda Kendall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cam, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Cam, not the Kendalls and the Jenners and the whatever. No, the Kim Kardashian brought her on. Yeah, sure no, it didn't happen, Cam. mate. I still don't believe that. Uh, <laughs> oh, she looked great. Did she? Beautiful. Oh yeah. Anyway, we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to rag our our uh, wives on the news, mate. I, I, you know, that's a, that's a rule. No, she looked great. She looked great. Oh. 
Yeah, like I said, 24 hours earlier, we were in the ocean and, and then we're on the coast and beautiful. But now, Cam, Cam, I, I door stopped him, but you'd be proud of me, uh, me, me journalistic skills for the, oh, for the on the road radio I, and the on the road podcast. I door stopped him. Yep. He was walking up into the uh, Insta truck, up the beautiful staircase, the big wide staircase, a very inviting staircase. And he was walking up there. I said, oh, yeah, come, 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 come down here. Have it. it's, 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 you're on the road radio podcast. Yep. And he's like, oh. And then, anyway, you got the footage. So, or the, the audio, sorry. I did, yeah. I did get the audio. I'm still trying to edit it, mate. What, what did he say? Don't talk to me about losing a pill or road blo- blocked or something like that. Isn't that, that what he when said? I rang him up, yeah. <laughs> uh, scary. <laughs> anyway. Moving right along. Those of you that listen to the podcast will know we don't really very often do serious news, right? But this is something that warrants serious news and it warrants being correct. Yogi and I recorded a bit for the news about this radioactive pill that went missing uh, in Western Australia. There's been a lot printed about it. I've got a much more current article coming from this, actually from the US, this one. And I'm going to quote a little bit from the article. It was done by backtotruckup.com. They're an American group that are a friend of mine. And I'll quote a bit out of their story. And obviously, their story is a little bit out of date as well. But the short of it is, on January 10, Rio Tinto contracted an unnamed specialised carrier, it says in the report, we now know that that was Centurion, to haul this sensor that this radioactive material was lost from. Uh, from the Good Eye Dairy Mine, which is about 80 k south of Newman, all the way to Perth. Along the way, this sensor had multiple bolts and screws holding it together, and apparently the thing fell apart. And this little cesium-137 pellet, uh, which is the radioactive material, fell out and became separated. Now, this stuff isn't worth very much. Uh, it's it's only worth about uh, 75 or 78 bucks or something, this, this is a little pellet itself, but uh, it's a pretty strong radioactive thing. According to the story here, it's saying picking it up, it'd be like getting 10 x-rays in, in uh, one little contact. The number I heard before was 17. So God knows, somewhere around there. Suffice it to say, though, you really don't want to be picking it up and handling it and things like that. Rio Tinto had been working with the government to try and find this thing. The issue is that is how long it took for them to uh, come clean with us and, and let us know that the thing was actually missing. It was not until the 25th, late in the morning, that they opened it up to reveal that the device had fallen apart and damaged in transport, and that was when the authorities were notified. Quoting from the story, the headache is from Rio's period of running silent on the issue. They waited nine days before detecting the material was missing from the carrier. Rio said the capsule was placed onto a pallet on January 10 at the mine site and arrived at the radiation service company in Malaga on the 16th, but it wasn't until the 25th that they realised the thing was missing. This pea-sized piece of radioactive material was found on the side of the road by guys going on the road with specialist radioactive detection material, so they say, and obviously was recovered and uh, removed. What it comes down to, and this is my opinion now, this is not in the story, right? What it comes down to me to me, is a straight-out chain of responsibility, load security issue, okay? This thing has got lost. Apparently, the police are just calling it an accident. Okay, yes, it was an accident, but carriers are still responsible for safely maintaining and carrying the stuff that's on their trucks. We've heard Yogi, or you will hear Yogi say, because we've left the bit in that he's recorded, how a bit fell off a load that he was carting, hit a car, 
and he was responsible for paying for the guy's damage. If a, if a container falls off a trailer, if a piece of freight falls off a trailer, if a piece of freight falls off something that's freighted on the trailer, it's the carrier's responsibility to pick it up. There's punishment involved. There's reams and reams and reams of stuff about this sort of thing. There's plenty of YouTube videos of guys getting uh, raked over the coals because they don't have enough straps over something inside an enclosed tort liner. For God's sake, how is this any different? As far as I'm concerned, the uh, regulators in Western Australia should be all over these guys. There should be big, big fines for this because this is a little bit more dangerous than uh, a piece of wood falling off the back of a truck and laying on the side of the road. Nothing should fall off a truck going down the road. That's what the regulations say. There are punishments in place. Let's see what happens. I've left the other news story in so that you can hear what Yogi and I had to say about it. And uh, we'll take it from there. On with the news. Radioactive hill that's missing in Western Australia. How much do you know about that? Don't know a lot. Details are sketchy. But what I do know is uh, anyone that's looking for it, have you ever heard that term needle in a haystack? Far out. If they're looking in 1,400 kilometres for this pill. All the way from Perth to Newman. Correct, Amundo. What an absolute task that is. We've all seen old mate at the uh, at the traffic lights looking for his wedding ring that he's chucked out. You know, you'll never find it. Yeah. Like I've seen someone today standing on the corner of the row and the Tonkin there and they were walking around with their heads out. No, Rockingham. What's Rockingham down there? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I know I was walking around today and they had no idea what they were looking for, but obviously something fell out the car. You'll never find it. The latest word is that the Australian Defence Force is sending a specialist set of equipment there to help try and find this thing, and we should warn all people driving up and down the northern highway there that they could encounter slow-moving police vehicles driving along with Geiger counters, apparently. Be cautious and courteous of those officers. They are doing their job. Yep. And it's what we think thing. about what happened, they are doing their job. Please be cautious with them. So apparently if you find this thing, uh, it, it looks like a little, just a little tablet. It's less than the size yep. of a 10-cent piece. Do not touch it because if you get it, it's like getting 17 x-rays in a few seconds and it will burn you. you wow. Can, you can get a radiation wow. burn apparently. So, so don't do a Homer Simpson and rip it off your shoulder, is what you're saying. Absolutely not. Do not do a Homer Simpson and rip it off your shoulder. Righto, good people. There's a warning for that. Right. Is there a reward offered for someone to find it, or are we jumping the gun there? I think we might yeah. be jumping the gun, but I'll tell you what, there's Righto. a lot of very, very, very happy people if it does get found, that's for sure. I went through Boddington today and there was a bloke there with his metal detector warming that up as he was walking around the campsite in the caravan park. So will, will the metal detector pick it up, I suppose? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, big questions for the news, mate. Big oh, question. Am I doing all right on this news? At the yeah, moment? so yeah, big far you're all right. Rio uh, okay. has got some questions to answer, but that's for sure. Anyway. Yeah, correct. Correct. There'll be uh, heads on the chopping board, I reckon, with that one. And, well, um, we'll be keeping an eye on it, mate. I've, uh, I've got some oars in the water there. We're going to find out exactly what's going to happen. I'm not going to let this die in the dust. We want to know what happened. It's a chain yeah. of responsibility issue, you know. You know why? Why? It's an unsecured load, mate. Yeah, so right. So I'll play the devil's advocate here on the news. Yep. So I had a, an air cleaner come off a Scania one day. Now, I didn't know that wasn't on there properly. But it come off, I had the load secured, but the air cleaner come off and hit a bloke with his ute. And I mean, we had to pay, you know, we paid for our mate to get his ute sprayed. So it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 here. I, I get it. 
that should be in its own canister, cassette, enclosed area? Probably not. What if the transport company that was involved, maybe they were unaware of what was the contents? We deal with this every day with headers and machines and you know, sometimes panels come off. It's not, you don't want them to come off by all means, but sometimes the wind gets under them. So look, it, there'll be a, a massive investigation because something like this won't go unnoticed. And whoever's involved, well, you know, like it's given them something to do. I tell you, welcome to 2023. It is a chain of responsibility issue, mate. Watch this space. Case grows for an all-weather freight route around Australia. Gary Marm <laughs> from the Queensland. Don't laugh. <laughs> Sorry. This is a serious issue. Don't laugh. Jeez. No, I'm not laughing at Gary Ma. No, I wouldn't laugh at Gary Ma either. Have you seen him? He's a big bloke. No, he's not that big. Hey? He's not that big. No, you know. Don't laugh. At, don't laugh at my mate Gary. What are you laughing? You're laughing at the concept of an all-weather freight truck, don't you? <laughs> you are on the money there. Welcome to the news. Unbelievable. You're beauty. An all Weather road. Is that what you're saying here? That's right. Road. That's right. That's what right, we're saying. Right, now, okay. Now, our, right our mate, the Kim Kardashian of transport, and I'm going to refer, him, refer to him as that forever from now on. <laughs> you're a brave man. You do You do realise I see him socially in that. He will pay me out. I know. Anyway, that's, that's carry half, on. That's half the fun of it. I'm on the other side of the country, mate. He's got a long way to come <laughs> no, and pay me out. No. He won't, he won't let me door stop him if you keep saying that. He'll, buddy. You're, you're associated with that bloke. It's his no. own words, mate. I'm using his own words. <laughs> He's hoisted on his own petard, mate. <laughs> that's big words. I like Anyway, go on. Go on. Darmsdy pointed out that when former US President uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower created his country's uh, road, interstate road network in the 50s, he sort of added a little bit to the GDP, but he made sure that you could drive anywhere you liked in the States uh, on, a, on an all-weather road. Some people are saying that it would cost about $3 billion to open up a nation. I, I, don't, I don't know. $3 billion is a lot of money, but it doesn't go very far when you're building roads, does it? No. And, you know, what, what, will this come back to the Tatamite not being sealed? Is, is that where you're angling with that? Because uh, that's where I'm angling with that. Yeah, I thought, yeah. yeah, let's go there. Let's go there. Why hasn't it been sealed? Why does it cost X amount of billion dollars for a kilometre? Like, how are we at that point? Why don't, Why can't we have a four metre wide sealed road on the Tatamite? You know, up until this point, it doesn't have to be eight metres wide. It doesn't have to be six metres wide. So up until this point, you're pretty happy to use dirt. You know, so, I mean, that's just me... Like, it, it just comes up all the time. Once the Tatamai is open, well, I guess that's, I mean, it opens up that inland road, you've got another option. But Western Australia, we don't have parking bays that are 365 day of the year access anyway. So why would they build roads for 365 days of the year? Yeah, well, I don't know, mate. But, I mean, they talk, as you say, they're talking about the Tatamai. It is one of those yeah. things that... Yeah, the Tatamai. That does come... It's, look, it's a discussion. Yeah, it's a discussion. We are we talking about we can't drive around the road. If you drive uh, off the side of the road on the, on the ninety mile straight oh. in the wet when it's raining, you'll be doing a You're Steve a... Graham impersonation. Yeah, that's right. In in civilization where everyone can see you, and you, you've probably even got phone rings, so it'll be on Facebook. You know, like yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Like yeah, and and we get grounded out there because it's raining because you can't push trucks off because the road's not wide enough. That's right. 
you know, and then and then you get to South Australia, and then this is my we're we're breaking news, are we making news, are we getting into my personal vendetta? But but you drop a pile in South Australia at four metres because you don't need it, and then the roads are narrow as it is from the Nullarbor to the border. Don't start. So that so as soon as it rains out there, you can't go anywhere. Like it's so it's terrible. Don't start. Oh, we've got the news to cover. More news, bud. Oh, give me more news. Give I've me more news. I've got a feeling, you know, it was it was me that used to get wound up on the news before. I think you're going to leave me in the shade. I reckon? Oh, geez, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I've got a lot of thoughts in my head. The, the 10 bears are all happy today in my head. We're all oh. swimming around there nicely. You know, happy as 10 bears. There you go. There's your first breaking What's that? news. What's that? Breaking news. Breaking news. What did you? Uh, your breaking news or my breaking news? Well, we didn't. We we forgot to mention the uh, the Croy Truck Show, mate. It was on this last weekend. Oh, breaking news! Croy Truck Show. I was going to give you breaking news about how my mate got grounded in Perth, but anyway, okay. Breaking news. Fine. <laughs> breaking news. Someone got grounded in Perth. Oh yeah, got, mate of mine got grounded in Perth by our authorities over here for not having an operator number. Um, left him on the side of the road, grounded the trailer, not the truck. The trailer's worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He was never going to leave the trailer. Breaking news: Why? Why are we at that point? You know, well, if you've granted him for not having an operator, they didn't have an operator number. One trip a year, didn't have an op- oversized two point eight, didn't have an operator number. What's that mean? Uh, main roads accreditation number. So you've got to have a main road. You've got to have a West Australian accreditation operator number. I believe it's a $25 permit. Didn't have it. I was under the impression that you don't need it under four trips of the year. They have changed that rule since that. So it's all changed. So I get it. So so he's okay with all that. But if you're going to ground someone 15 minutes from BP Muche and 15 minutes from BP Cuda, at least have the decency to take him to a facility. Yeah. Unbelievable. So what happened in the finish, mate? Well, he rang me and I was down to coast fishing. So I got my phone back that night and, and, and in, so I got my mate from around the corner to tow his – so the trailer can be moved if the Western Australia truck's underneath it. Oh, and he can drive around bobtail, no dramas. Yep. And that's what he did. You know, went, went to a mate's yard. The trailer got unhooked. My mate dragged his trailer around to his yard. He was safe, secure, off the side of the road. Yeah. facilities, someone to have a shower. Yeah. I mean, he's got a nice pack in his truck, which was good, but it was 40-plus degrees where he was there for 24 hours. Mm. So he got he got off the side of the road, he got his permit, and he soldiered on. But he was in Perth for probably 48 hours and uh, treated very inhumanely as far as I'm concerned. All over a $25 permit. Correct. The process probably never going to come back to the West. The process has become the punishment. Process become the punishment, the old mate. Process, and he'll probably never come back to WA. Owner operator, mm. really smart operator out of Melbourne, fully accredited out of Melbourne. Mm. Like, does recovery work in Melbourne? has got a national contract. That's why he brought a machine over and a machine back. Yeah, terrible, but terrible. So yeah, so there's there's got to be some changes there. I don't know the upshot. It only happened two days ago. <laughs> type thing, you know, or three days ago. I don't know the end result, whether it was fines incurred or I don't know. Yep. And I'm not going to speculate at all. So they might have done the right thing and the decent thing because he waited. He did wait. But he, but they come back and checked. He was still there, yeah. but he was left. But, you know, my mate towed his trailer. So I really hope they've done their research and they haven't found him. If they find him, that's terrible and left him to, you know, I've seen the, I've seen the picture, you know. 
Yeah. Do your business in a bucket on the side of the road. Well, um, it's not nice. Right, it's not it's terrible. Right, breaking news. Anyway, what was the no, other breaking it. news? We're done. Yeah, forget it. Oh, I can't do, top, do, 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 do. I can't Finish. top that, mate. I can't top it. Croy Truck Show, always a good show. <laughs> Been there a couple of times. Great people. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful value line of one rig of the show. That's right. Woof. Beautiful. I'm going to have to get do, you to do, 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 do the sound do. effect. Do, 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 do. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a much more higher pitch, mate. It's beep, 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 beep. Try that. Ah, oh, man, I'm a big bear. I don't have big high pitch. I lost my high pitch when I was 13. <laughs> get off me phone. See ya. <laughs> See you later. area steering committee's been appointed over the next couple of weeks i'm going to be getting hold of everyone that's been put on the committee and i'm going to be asking them two questions why did they put their hand up and what do they hope to achieve so this week we're going to start with michelle harwood now michelle has been tapped by the ata to join the the rest area steering committee chaired by senator glenn stirl you're the executive director of tasmanian transport association uh, you're representing the australian transport association on the committee why did you uh, put your hand up and what do you hope to achieve by getting there and having a look at rest areas and and what we're doing in this country i feel quite fortunate to have been nominated by the australian trucking association to to join this uh, rest area committee i'm actually really excited to be part of of the group and when you look across the other people who are going to be helping give some direction to the, uh, the rest area initiative, you know, chaired by Senator Stirl. It looks like an amazing bunch of people with a whole range of industry skills and experience in different areas. And I'm excited to be part of it because of the work that we've done in Tasmania with, I guess, changing the way that the state government and the Department of State Growth have viewed the need for rest areas here, resulting in a in, in the Tasmanian government actually launching Tasmanian heavy vehicle driver rest area strategy. So I'm really excited about the work that we've done here and the opportunity to, um, in some way, if I can, contribute back into the National Rest Area Strategy that built on the aspects of really good best practice across the other states uh, and gave us something that we could, you know, have some transparency around as an industry to see where, uh, you know, where there were priorities for facilities for drivers and got us to a far better position than where we are at the moment in terms of those road safety facilities. Well, I'm gratified to hear you say all that because, you know, you're going to fit in very, very well with uh, what the, the likes of my friend Rod Hanafy has been saying for years. And uh, I'm sure that you'll be an excellent contributor to it. Congratulations on being selected and I look forward to having a chat to you down the track. Maybe we can get together and talk about some stuff that's going on in my old home state, Tasmania. I always enjoy talking about what's happening here in Tassie. We do some incredible work here. It's the best place. And thanks very much, Mike. I'd really like to do that. Nude Up Australia happened over the Australia Day long weekend and my old mate Josh Smith was there. He was the organiser and when I promised I'd get back to him and find out what happened. So I'm sitting here with my clothes on. I think you've got your clothes on, Josh? No. <laughs> <laughs> How you going, bud? Oh, that's an image I don't need in my head, brother. So... Oh, mate. How can you spend a whole long weekend with no clothes on and then not just keep it going like you just don't want to put clothes back on mate so the big question the big question on my lips mate is did adam brand nude it up or did he pike 
He uh, he got his shirt off, mate. He ripped his shirt off stripper style, broke all his buttons, and that's as far as he went. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, well, you can't blame him for that, mate. You got more out nah. of him than you would have got out of me. You wouldn't have even got my shirt off. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was an epic weekend, mate. That bloke is an absolute legend. He is an 100% entertainer. Like, he had people that weren't interested in country music, yep. dancing to country music, and then talking about him the very next morning saying, I never thought I would say this, but I actually loved that country music act last night. So, yeah, he's uh, yeah, it was a good good night for the for the Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Well, Andy sort of brought country music to the uh, to the podcast, and I've uh, I've discovered that I actually like some of it too. Adam Brand's not too bad. I actually I'll play an, I'll play an Adam Brand song after we finish. <laughs> Something for you to listen to, mate, just to sort of hoe down on. So the weekend, mate, went off all right. We break did we break any records? Uh, no, we didn't break any records this year. Um, yeah, we had a little bit less balloon people this year than we did last year. So we, um, we fell short on the records from the last year by about 20 people, but Hey, we got close. So yeah, no, it was a, it was an epic weekend, mate. Like, as you can tell, my voice is still a bit croaky, um, from too much Yahoo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but no, it was an epic weekend. Everyone, everyone had an absolute ball. So. Yeah. Well, I was going to try and ring you over the weekend, mate, but I thought it might be a problem because you wouldn't have had anywhere to put your phone. That's exactly right, mate. Yeah, the, the, I had a I had a UHF little portable UHF in my right hand, pretty much. It's um got a I got a little GME imprint in my right hand from holding okay. on to it all weekend. But the phone was at the uh, the concierge desk all all weekend. So good place yeah. for a phone to be when you're having a weekend off too. Pretty much, mate. Yeah. So you know, I had to keep running back to the concierge desk, but <laughs> that's um that's where it lived. So yeah, no, it was a good weekend, mate. Good weekend. All right. Well, I'm pleased to hear it. I'm glad you had a had a good time and uh, it was all worked out for you. You have to keep us posted on when the next event next event is. And you and I are going to have to have a a bit of a conversation about trucking, mate. I I was having a bit of a look through my old photos last night and saw a picture of that old 950, mate, and I got a little bit misty, to be honest with you. <laughs> she was a nice old truck, that old girl, eh? Yeah, pull Christ off the cross, incredible. Yeah, same as the 904 that you drove as well for me. <laughs> All right, mate, no worries. Thanks very much for your time, Josh. I'm so pleased you had a good time. You stay safe out there. Yeah, keep on trucking, and we'll see you on the road. No worries, thanks, mate. See you there too. So here it is, as promised, Adam Rand, a little less lonely. I can tell by the way you're drinking, somebody said goodbye. And I bet you're thinking, what you need is a real good cry. You could cry if you want, but you could hold on to me. And be a little less lonely Let's take this out on the floor A little slow dancing I'm not asking for anything more Forget about him, I'll forget about her Tonight we both just need You'll feel something It won't take long Just a couple songs And I think 
Last weekend, I enjoyed the generosity and hospitality of Mike and uh, Rosalie for a day, and we were just talking about industry issues, and I suggested to Mike that we might like to uh, think about regenerating the story about the elephant. Well, we don't have to worry about it because a, a seasoned uh, pair of troopers in the form of, uh, in the name of Norman Nala Bransgrove, who have been great participants in industry affairs over the years and very loyal and passionate uh, members of the industry, just as myself and so many are. Uh, Norm's written a letter to the uh, ATA about enforcement, fatigue enforcement in particular, and uh, how people are missing the boat with uh, the need to deal with current issues. In his letter, Norm says, to quote, I understand the NHBR for the most part are taking a responsible approach to work diary inspections. However, the police task force in Victoria and New South Wales in particular, seem to have a bloody-minded and heavy-handed approach to the smallest mistake resulting in, a, in an accumulation of offences leading to fines that have nothing to do with fatigue. Western Australia have a system where WorkSafe only check work diaries and it would be good if you can check out how that works and if it has, meant to, it has merit to propose that for the eastern states. Either way, I'd like to see a session with representatives from the NHBR, Task Force Police from Victoria and New South Wales and representatives from WA Heavy Vehicle Accreditation or their version of WorkSafe to compare the differences between enforcement and demonstrate how fatigue enforcement varies across our nation. The respect afforded drivers when COVID took hold needs to be returned. These people provide an essential service to the nation and should be treated accordingly. Uh, end of quote. Uh, I fully endorsed uh, Norman Nala's thoughts there. 
the, the issue being that we are an essential service, but no one ever recognises that, but they did manage during a, a COVID pandemic. So, uh, how, you know, how interesting is that? I just propose that uh, people have a good close look at what's wrong with enforcement and regulation on the eastern side because uh, a thorough examination of, of how life works in the west um, and some uh, adoption of that by the eastern states would go a long way to settling things down in our industry, to giving people a fair go and to uh, take away all these unhealthy and unwarranted fines for simple things like clerical errors and honest mistakes. Anyone would think that we were all unhung criminals the way we're treated on the east, in the eastern half of Australia and it needs to stop. Catch you later. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. those anchors buddy the traffic's at a standstill up here i reckon some clowns got themselves stuck under the dunlop terrace railway bridge again again maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesels yeah no, it's no joke really according to queensland rail there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the queensland rail network in the last financial year with the fines around 11 and a half grand you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck the fines are one thing, more to the point these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of brute strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland Rail. Yeah, good looking too, just like us. <laughs> this safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters know your trucking height. Again, I've got another interesting guest for you today. This is a bloke named Adam Burgeon. He, he is actually a consultant cardiologist. He's my cardiologist. He's a guy I go and see for my heart issues that most of you would know about. Most of you would know by now that I had a little incident up in far north Queensland when I was driving around up there and I Ended up with a couple of stents and all that sort of stuff. Well, this is the bloke that just done my roadworthy and said I could go and play for another 12 months once I get past this shoulder issue I've got. 
We want to talk about preventative cardiology. We want to talk about cardiovascular risk factors, the role of screening, and how to live a healthy lifestyle from a heart point of view. Dr. Adam Berger, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. It's good to be here. Mate, uh, it's a very great pleasure. Now, as I was saying, I went in and I saw you the other day and had me annual roadworthy and you, you, and you saw fit to tick me off. Yes. The reason why I wanted you to come on the show to talk and to have a bit to say to the, the truck drivers and, and others that are listening to the show is that just because you've got some heart issues, it doesn't mean it's the end of your career and you need to think about some preventative maintenance, mate. So let's get into it. Okay. Yeah, look, as, as I said to you the other day, you know, a lot, a lot of my patients are truck drivers and I guess collectively as a profession, I see that a lot of them have uh, a lot of heart disease and a lot of the risk factors for heart disease. Um, a lot of it by, by stint of what they do all day, you know, being locked up in a truck cabin for so long, sitting down, long trips, not having time to exercise and, and not eating well. And, um, yeah, as you and me were saying before, you know, you, you, you want to try and nip that off in the bud and, and look after them while they're still healthy and before something happens. Well, I was silly enough to live with some symptoms for a while, little bits of mild chest pain from time to time, and, you know, it always seemed to pass, and then I didn't worry about it and wrote it off. Probably helped create a few of my own problems. If someone's mm. starting to worry about what they can do, they go and see their GP and have a bit of a chat with them. GP refers them to someone like you. What sort of things are you going to do when they come and see you? Okay, well, I mean, obviously, the, the first thing is to take a, take a full history and get to know each other work out what the symptoms are and what I, what I think is going on and yeah. uh, what their risk factor profile looks like, what their family history looks like and, um, you know, whether they smoke or not, how much exercise they do. Yeah. And then um, I'll, I'll examine them, check their blood pressure, have a listen to their heart and we'll do a few tests like a, an ECG to look at the electrics and um, I might do a, a stress test, put you on the treadmill um, or, or personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of there's a, a newer technology called CT, coronary angiography, which is a, a CAT scan of the heart. And that's, um, that's a really good way of identifying whether or not there's, um, there's heart disease present. And if it's there, um, how severe does it look? Funny you mentioned that. I was talking to my brother only about two weeks ago and he's going to have that test. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of them. I mean, I, I probably maybe do things a bit differently to a lot of cardiologists who prefer to jump straight in for the stress test, mm. probably because it's sitting there in the office with them and it's convenient. But I did my overseas fellowship with a, a, a cardiac CT expert in Canada for a year doing research and reading a lot of them. And, and I'm, a, I'm a big believer that you pick up disease a lot earlier with a CT. Sometimes some of your, your um, listeners might be familiar with what's called calcium score is how it's um, is sometimes included in that test. And it's basically just a way of, um, of scanning the arteries and seeing if there's any hardening of the arteries and, and trying to quantify that and, and trying to help, uh, uh, help inform your, your, your risk profile and, and how aggressive you need to be with someone. We've come a long way though in the last you know, 30 or 40 years from where we were. We, we don't do the, you know, the coronary artery grafts as much anymore. We put stents in. And, uh, you know, cracking someone's chest these days is not as popular as it used to be. Yes. These things aren't as scary and invasive as they used to be, are they? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people who are coming with a heart attack 
you know, under my care, a, a, a home within 48 hours. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, people who need stents electively can, can sometimes go home the same day. Right. So the recovery time's pretty quick. But, you know, the, I think the really the big advance in looking after heart disease in the last few decades has been how good we've gotten at sort of preventative strategies. And, mm-hmm. and after peaking really in the in the 80s or so, the incidence of heart disease is, is really starting to go down in a lot of Australia. A lot of that's down to how successfully we've tackled uh, smoking. And um, and we've also just got lots of great medications now for, for dealing with some of these risk factors like um, like high blood pressure and high cholesterol and uh, diabetes. When you're talking about looking after things like high blood pressure, though, you're talking about uh, what your beta blockers and, and things like that. Yeah. Look, medications. I mean, I always say to my patients, you really got to address both the medications and the lifestyle. I mean, medications are easy. You just pop a pill, mm. uh, but you're not doing yourself any favours if you're only just taking the easy road and you're not addressing all the other lifestyle factors that are leading you to have high blood pressure or diabetes in the first place. Uh, unfortunately, that you know it takes a lot more effort. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, <laughs> it is a lot easier to just pop a pill rather than you know eat better and keep keep a healthy weight and do lots of exercise. But yeah. there there are a lot of benefits, and you know a lot of a lot of people are quite resistant to taking medication that do want to I guess do it the more natural way. And I, I think that when necessary, you should you should really try and do both. I can say in my experience that you've been fairly tolerant. I'm a I'm a bit of a recalcitrant patient sometimes. <laughs> Oh, my, my, you uh, need to you need to know your audience. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my level of weight hasn't changed much in the last four years. I'm afraid. I sort of no, but but I do I do mention it every time I see you. You do, I? you do, you do. It's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. I um, I do uh, I do enjoy a steak. What can I say? Um, <laughs> all things in moderation, Mike. All things in moderation, indeed. From my point of view. As a as a driver, I you know I accept that cardiac issues are something that's quite serious, and we do need to deal with it. We do hear from time to time of drivers that have infarcts while they're driving and have a crash as a result. I mean, how does this happen? In my experience, uh, yeah, there's always been some sort of warning signs. Is that always the case? It's well, no, it's not always the case. I mean, about fifty percent of heart attacks happen with no preceding symptoms, no warning, nothing. Sometimes the first you know of it is the sudden chest pain of, of you actually having a heart attack. I mean, just a few, I might be over-explaining, but just to get a few bit of the terminology out, you know, when, when we're talking about heart disease and heart attacks, yeah. that's that's what we call coronary artery disease or ischemic heart disease. And, and that's narrowings within the, the, the little arteries that supply the heart muscle with there they're only tiny things i was very surprised when i was learning to become a cardiologist how small they actually are they're only about three to four millimeters and they block off with time with due to factors such as high cholesterol and, and smoking and diabetes and if they get all the way to it blocking off completely they give you what what a layman calls a heart attack or what we, we in the business call a myocardial infarction hmm. and uh, if you don't open up that artery with with a balloon and a stent uh, in time, uh, that heart muscle can can die, the patient can die, uh, and even if they survive, the heart muscle can be left left scarred and uh, the heart can be left somewhat impaired for life. When you get that scarring on the heart, that actually reduces, if you've managed to survive, 
that reduces the, the cardiac output or the amount of blood and the, and the efficiency of the heart to pump the blood around the body. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. So a lot of people survive their heart attack, but are left with some degree of, of disability. Certainly when I'm doing roadworthy certificates, if, if your heart is damaged beyond a certain point, you know, the rules are I'm not allowed to pass someone. Yeah. So, you know, as, as you can attest to, you can still have a heart attack and get through it. And as long as the heart's okay, the heart function's okay, and you've got enough reserve, you, you, you're still able to hold a conditional commercial license um, as long as you're on appropriate therapy. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was lucky enough that I finally got the common sense to call an ambulance and I was taken to Air Hospital and transferred then to Townsville and they had a pretty good cardiac unit there and put some stents in straight away and a few weeks off work and I was I was back in the office and I think it was probably three months later I was back behind the wheel after seeing you I think. Yeah and look and you're all the good stuff now so yeah. we've got the heart as, as good as we can get. Look I think you know the the, the one of the key things for, for drivers and I think Aussie blokes particularly bad at this is um you need to make sure you've got yourself a good doctor and you've got a good relationship with them i mean there are a lot of somewhat average gps out there yep. but there are a lot of good ones and you need to find you need to find one that you get on with and that you see to eye to eye with and you need to see them regularly it's not you don't just wait until you have a problem once you're you're a bloke of a certain age uh, um you know you should be going every year or two to get a general checkup to get them to check your blood pressure, do some bloods and, you know, just have a look over you and, and you want your doctor to be able to do preventative cardiology and preventative medicine and get on top of this stuff before you get sick, not not until you're, you know, sick enough to end up in hospital. I can attest that that's better now to look after it a little bit earlier on. Let's just have a quick talk about lipids if we can and the medications that go along with that. Everyone knows that there are good fats and bad fats. Um, and we, we all get confused. What is, what's the story with that? So when you're talking about the, the, the lipids in the blood and the, the yeah. medication for that, what does that all mean? That's a big question. That's a long know. story, and it's, and, it's, and it's also even got some controversy within my circles. But the, you look, the basic version of it is that, that when they do measure your cholesterol in your blood, you know, one thing they'll measure is the, the, the fractions of the various types of cholesterol, and there's the, the LDL, which is the fluffy, low-density particles and then the HDL which is the, the, the firm high density particles and it's the LDL it's the fluffier ones that are more dangerous so you want someone to measure you know not just how, how high your total cholesterol is but what those proportions are and you know that goes into kind of a for us a kind of a, a risk calculator we take that into account and your age and your blood pressure and all other things but certainly the, the levels of the LDL cholesterol is one of the more predictive things in terms of um, heart attacks which is why in someone like you who's already had an event we try to bring that LDL down as low as possible with some medication to stop you clogging up again. When it comes to the the cardiac medications that you can have there are obviously things that you have afterwards or things that you have that things that you would have before people talk about having stuff like magnesium and things like that what are your thoughts on that? Look I mean there's some evidence for for magnesium for a few things but look i'm a big believer in you know that there are just some simple drugs that that there's a lot of evidence for that have been around for a long time i mean i take a statin that's the cholesterol medication i take it myself I took a straw poll most cardiologists do because um, we just see over and over again how much evidence there is for them working hmm. but yeah look the other as we alluded to earlier the other magic bullet for it is really lifestyle stuff yeah. and you know you need to if you're watching what you're putting into your body 
and you're watching what your weight's doing, um, you can go a long way towards controlling that yourself without the need for medication. We do have issues, particularly with long-distance drivers and, and the ability to get a, a decent meal on the road, to purchase a decent meal. There's a lot of guys now that are making their own meals at home and, and uh, reheating them on the road. We've talked several times, you and I, about fasting and diet and and things like that. So would you like to share that information as far as what you what you think is a reasonable thing to do? Absolutely. I mean, it's and it is... It is difficult. I mean, the problem, I guess one of the problems of the modern world and the reason why there's so much heart disease around is that modern food is very cheap mm. and it's very processed. And so, you know, the, the cheapest, the most convenient way to get your calories are also the ones that are the most harmful. It's interesting. I mean, one of the most interesting lectures I ever went to was, was a guy talking about the history of the epidemiology of heart disease. And something he pointed out was that if you read back medical textbooks from sort of 100, 150 years ago, they talk about heart disease as a rare thing that you might see 10 times a year, whereas now it's, you know, the main killer of men in Australia. And, you know, you can you can tell, you, you look back at those old historical photographs of like people in the 1920s, you know, in the streets of Sydney and, and you know, you'll notice two things. Firstly, all the men wear hats. And secondly, they're all rail thin. Yes. You know, the, the reality is that in, in the modern world, calories are just cheap and plentiful and it's just easy to overeat them and it's easy to eat processed stuff that's coming out of packets. So you want to eat less and you want to eat higher quality, less processed, more whole food. Your best friend in terms of um, heart, heart disease and, and overall health is dietary fibre. It gets you... Uh, full so you don't eat as much it, it promotes a healthy uh, flora in, in the guts which is anti-inflammatory and it lowers your cholesterol so that's why we recommend five servings of vegetables a day and two servings of fruit mm. and, and whenever you can everything else you're getting into you when you you know if you're having your bread you have wholemeal bread and, and whole grains with the, the, nut, the, the seeds and the grains inside it rather than that white bread rubbish that's just pure sugar um, and um, and tr to try and avoid stuff that's coming coming out of packets and try and make it yourself if you can. So we get to the point now where we're going to go to the GP and uh, we're going to have a have an annual roadworthy and he says, I think I might get the cardiologist to have a look at you. We've decided what's going to happen. When you're looking at things like... Uh, the tests that you've got at your disposal when when do you get to the point where you start doing angiograms and things like that yeah well look i mean you got to take yeah you take each each patient individually mm. and i guess you know as i said the the ct angiogram so it's kind of a non-invasive angiogram i favor doing early and mm. i almost almost every male patient who's over the age of 40 i'll try and do them on at least once it's not like you need to keep doing it but just to to see what's there and see what's going on um and actually angiogram in hospital which is invasive is is um you know much further down the road and that's mostly reserved for for someone who has you know symptoms and someone you're worried about actually has a blockage whereas the ct is going to help us say do you have any heart disease now and um even if it's not causing you any problems um that we need to do something about so you don't have problems in the future there are a number of conditions that actually affect the function of the heart, for example, your, your uh, lung conditions and things like that. All of these things sort of work together, exercise and getting the heart rate up and you know, going for a jog and all that sort of stuff. What do, you, what do you think about all that? 
It is all connected. And, you know, for example, if you're putting on weight, you might develop diabetes, which is an endocrine problem, which will then can cause heart disease and can also muck up your kidneys and your eyes. And being overweight, you might also develop sleep apnea, for example, and you know, start having issues in the sleep apnea itself can raise your blood pressure, so then you get another problem. It's it's all a bit of a, a bit of a cascade with with everything uh, affecting everything else, um, which is you know to circle back, which is why having a healthy lifestyle and keeping a healthy weight is is so important because so many of these things are complications of that are over many years now. Look, you know, a lot of times when people get diabetes or high blood pressure, there's a strong genetic component, and you know that's just the way you're born and there's nothing you can do about that. But I guess it's, you know, there's the other half of the equation, which is um, the lifestyle stuff that you, you can do something about. And, you know, like I understand for for a driver, it's spending a lot of time on the road and a lot of time sitting down. It's difficult for them to find time in their week to do physical activity and to do exercise. Because unlike someone who's sitting in front of a computer and who's sitting all day, I, you know, I, I do understand that's a lot more tiring to do that sort of sitting work. And, you know, after doing a long drive, you get home, the last thing you might want to do is uh, wake up early the next morning to go to the gym. But um, look, it's it's uh, your body's like, like the engine of a truck. You know, you, you need to look after, look, look after what you're putting into it and keep it serviced. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to fall apart on you. And, and the, the physical activity, the exercise is such an important part of that because that's how we evolved as animals was to do physical activity. And, and you know, it's only been the last 50, 60, 100 years where we're not doing physical activity all through the day and walking from place to place. Now we're, we're driving and we're sitting all day and uh, it, it's not good for us to be so inactive. Yeah, well, I'm at the point where I need an in-chassis rebuild, I think. <laughs> 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 It's one of those things, mate. If if you could change, this is all sort of we'll sort of start wrapping it up if you want. But we'll, if if you could change one thing, if you had the ability to wave a magic wand and and make people do something to look after their heart better, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, it look it doesn't affect everyone, but I'd I'd love if smoking didn't exist. Yeah, right. You know, I I just. It's just such a, her- a terrible addiction and habit, and I, you know, I see so many people. It's it's like clockwork. The ones that come in now with a heart attack when I'm doing my rounds on the weekend, and yeah. um, you know, youngish blokes in their forties, fifties, and you know, coming with a heart attack, and you say, "Do you smoke?" And they go, "Yeah." yeah. Like it's it's um tough it, to give up. It is hard to give up. It is hard to give up, and I think unfortunately now. We're left with the, the the rusted on addicts who, uh, despite how expensive they're getting, really don't don't can't or, or won't give them up. Um, the the low hanging fruit's already gone, but it's a terrible habit for young people to get into and get hooked on for life. I, I got into the Champix. that helped me give it up. Tell you what, they like, you had some pretty wicked dreams though. <laughs> yes, it was it was pretty wild. I yeah, because I I gave up probably fourteen fifteen years ago. And I used to smoke one after the other, mm. and uh, I've got no doubt that that sort of contributed to some of the problems that I've now got. Yeah, it's tough. The the, the Champix was good for me, but I've, uh, guys I know have tried it and they just can't handle it. It's look, it's a it is a tough addiction, and sometimes it takes for people to have a heart attack before they give it up. And yeah. sometimes even then, I've seen them a few months later and they're back on them. Oh look, mate, I've met people with emphysema that still smoke. Yeah. I just, where are you going? I'm going outside for a fag. Okay. Right. Eh? No worries. Yeah. Your choice. 
uh, look, it's straight to the dopamine centers in the brain and, and the reward centers, and, and uh, your brain will do anything not to give that up. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. What about the grog, mate? Look, alcohol is an interesting one. Um, I mean, it's obviously not as harmful as cigarettes, and it tastes much better. Mm. <laughs> Look, it's it's the, the the common wisdom used to be that there was probably, you know, if you had one to two drinks a day for a few days a week, that that was actually maybe even healthier than being a teetotaler. Yeah, right. That was what some of the evidence used to say. That there's been stuff coming out the last few years that's actually suggesting it's probably not the case and you know it is a poison and the the more you drink you know the, the more likely you are to develop various cancers and and, and lots mm. of other things to go wrong but it is a dose effect uh and you know personally you know i, I like a nice whiskey or a nice glass of wine and, yeah. and i wouldn't tell anyone to give it up altogether um but it's just like a, a nice steak you know it's all things in moderation mm. and uh as long as you're not chucking a whole bunch of them down every night it's probably okay yeah, if you wake up in the morning and your liver's screaming for mercy you're probably drinking too much absolutely or you're banging on the, the liquor, liquor store door not a, not a good look <laughs> um but yeah and it's same with red meat i mean yeah, my my wife's a vegetarian but i i do like a steak mm. um i think as australians we probably eat too much red meat i know when i was growing up you know it'd be maybe three four nights a week that you'd have bolognese or a steak or some lamb chops you know again like the alcohol red meat is is not that good for you but i think it's okay in moderation and you know, i think you're you're better off once a week or once a fortnight having a, a really good quality steak and trying the rest of the time to have you know white meat fish and chicken is going to be better for you and if you can try and have one or two meat free days a week and have a vegetarian dinner um there's definitely evidence that people who have a more plant-based diet have less disease and, and live longer again you're getting all that good fiber into you and yeah look i never thought i could do it but having married a vegetarian wife and trying to keep her happy uh, <laughs> i discovered that um meat-free dinners can taste pretty good you know if you make a nice indian curry or, or some nice pastas with a lot of veggies in them uh you can make some pretty tasty meals so don't don't be afraid to experiment and i like to call it um you know you don't have to be vegetarian you, you be flexitarian yeah and uh just just every, it's you don't have to be an absolutist about it just a, a little less meat and a little more veg in your life you can you can experiment with it that's probably all right. I don't mind that. Adam Berger, thanks for joining us on the show and having a bit of a chat about it. I do appreciate your time, mate. I know you're a busy man. No, no problems. And uh, if we get some listener questions, I may get back to you. The short story of it is, though, if you've got any questions at all, you really should go and see your GP. There are plenty of health clinics uh, around. You'll see medical check caravans set up sometimes in the changeover base. Take advantage of them, go and use them, see your doctor, get some blood tests, have an ECG and see Adam if you need to. There you go, look at that, we've managed to make it to the end of the show. It hasn't been too terrible, I don't think I do have an appreciation now for the work that Andy used to put in when he was editing the whole thing. Andy, if you've got this far, mate, without having a stroke, I congratulate you. Go and have a very large couple of fingers of whiskey on me and I'll sort that out with you when I see you up in Brisbane. Uh, I do miss you very much at this point. So we're going to roll out of the show now with one of my favourites from the fantastic selection of music that Andy brought to the show. Fanny Lumsden, roll on. Because that's what we're going to do. We're just going to roll on.
See you next week. We did 60,000 clips with the windows down. Yeah, we, we took the long way around. We took the long way around. Endless roads and Chico roads and white lines, gay times and a whole lot of transport and logistics insurer and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 